Welcome to the Hardware Asylum Podcast Extras. In this episode, we look at the budget build from PC Gamer and then turn our attention to the PC building simulator on Steam. I'm your host, Dennis Garcia. With me today, I have Darren McKinnon. Darren, in the last episode, we talked a lot about the future of the PC and some water cooling gear that we have for our summer project. But I noticed on PC Gamer, they released their new budget gaming PC build. Oh, no. Well, you know, it's always kind of interesting to look at how different folks build their machines, especially when they put out a recommend like this. Very polarizing, usually, especially when they do the high-end machines. But budget gaming, yeah, that tends to make it maybe a little bit easier. Should we take a look? Let's take a look. I I quickly scanned through, and I'm like, um, wow, this should be a good one to talk about. So... Component-wise, we'll just go through all the components, and then we'll see if there's, you know, if we have any recommends. Well, let's baseline it here, because what we're talking about is a basic gaming PC, and their target price, I believe, was $600. And I know that we have been quoted before, Dennis, is saying that the bottom-end PC has kind of hovered around $800. So they're already coming in about $200 less than we would normally recommend. And I think that's kind of important because as we're going through these, we might have another, I don't know, another selection, maybe a place we'd want to spend a little morning. I don't know. Well, that's an interesting proposition because budget obviously means cheapest ever, right? Yeah. We, wa- we want to stay cheap. And based on what they have here, I don't know if we can, I don't know. Let's go through it. All right. We've got to be able to do better. Well, let's, let's start at the top here. All right. So and we'll we, link, of course, to this article in the show notes. So mm-hmm. you check that out. Yeah. So first of all, we have the Intel Core i3-8100. And I have never really been a fan of the Core i3. Now, let, let me see. If I remember correctly, this is the entry-level i3 for that generation. And it does have onboard graphics. Right. It's got the onboard graphics. Uh, this is a Coffee Lake generation, so it's going to be the new stuff. But the Core i3 only comes with four cores without hyperthreading. Now, we've talked a lot about cores on the main show, so if you need to name check that, uh, you're more than welcome to. But I'm looking at the price. As of this article, this was clocking in at about $118, which is pretty good. But I can't help but wonder if we could do better with an AMD Ryzen processor. Well, if we want... Um all right, so are we going to go for performance, or are we doing price? Well, I think that we should try not to spend too much more money so we can keep it close to that $600 mark. But where does my money put me on the AMD side? That seems like that drops me at about a Ryzen 5. It's actually a Ryzen 3. Oh, okay. Which gets you four cores. Uh, if you go to Ryzen 5, you get six cores. And I believe at the four core, it, you don't get the their version of hyperthreading either. Okay. So it's going to be basically core for core, just like the Core i3. But generally, Intel is usually faster, clock for clock. And I'm going to say that, uh, what was it, the 8100 clocks in at uh, 3.6 gigahertz at base frequency. And the AMD one is 3.4, I think. Okay. Now, I know they both use their Turbo Magic, but it's also important to point out that the particular coffee-like processor they've chosen is coming with a heat sink and a fan also. So you're saving a little money on that little box as opposed to an OEM purchase. Well, that's true. That's true. So Ryzen 3, yeah, okay, there it is. 
Ryzen 3 is banking in at about 99, so it's a little bit cheaper, but also a little bit slower. Yeah, I'm going to say that if you want to do clock for clock, you're probably going to want to go Ryzen 5 would be where you're going to target in at. And that's going to be close to the almost $200 mark. Yeah, and if you go that route, then you're looking at a completely different round of Intel processors. So, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I think, well, and something that we talked about in the main show was that hardware is still ahead of software. You don't need to have six-core monster with hyperthreading to be able to play the latest games. You should be able to do it on a Core i3, even though I shudder thinking (laughs) that. Well, we're all used to more, but... Let's let's put it on the foundation. So they're putting this i3-8100 on a MSI Z370A Pro. So the 370 chipset, mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty current. Yeah, and the Z allows overclocking, but the processor is in a K edition, so you're going to be limited to just the uh, base clock overclocking, which is hit or miss on whether or not it's effective. Now, this is an interesting motherboard for me uh, at a time of recording, $118, and there's a rebate available. Yeah. But what I'm looking at here is a pretty bare-bones board. I mean, it doesn't look like we have a lot going on here. We got uh, a six-phase CPU VRM, uh, four memory slots. That's pretty typical. We got one M.2 slot. Oops, went to the wrong picture here. Uh, we got one M.2 slot. We have one primary video card slot, which that's one thing I didn't look at was how many PCI Express lanes a Core i3 has. Right. Um, the Ryzen is going to have more of those. But anyhow... Uh, we got several 1X slots, and then another, it looks like another 16X that probably comes off the chipset. So this is not exactly the most, uh, I don't know, upgrade-friendly motherboard. I don't see any fancy uh, sound processing or anything like that either. So pretty bare bones, but, yeah, but this it's, is MSI, uh, it's name a, brand. Yeah, it's name brand, and it's $100. Um, you can't really beat that with a stick and expect it to you know, say, hey, we're awesome. Absolutely. So looking at this, this is using, it uh, looks like up to four sticks of memory, and that's the DDR4. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what kind of RAM they chose, because, you know, RAM, you never seem to have enough. Well, they went with eight gigs. So if any sort of an upgrade, they would want 16. But speed-wise, they're doing 2,400 megahertz, which is slightly above JDEC for Coffee Lake. So they get a slight boost in, in uh, speed there. But... Eight gigabytes is a bit slow or a bit small. Well, and their price here is seventy-eight ninety-nine, so that is pretty cheap. And I have to admit that RAM prices are not dropping as fast as I thought they would. No. So I can see this would be an area where I would want to stretch to sixteen. But if you're doubling your price there, are you getting enough performance to justify doubling the price of your RAM category? Uh, Maybe. I don't not. think so. I mean, you can run Windows Ten and games at eight gigabytes. It just depends on what the uh, storage storage subsystem is like. Wow, that's a tongue twister. So this is the MSI Z370. So this is uh, is a dual-channel board. Is that right? Yeah, dual-channel memory. That's standard on all the Coffee Lake stuff. Okay. So I like it. In this case, it looks like they're going with the Corsair Dominators. Uh, I know that uh, with memory for me, it tends to kind of go down to what's on sale because... Actually, they're not doing Dominators. Oh, my gosh. It's Dominator, Patriot memory. Dominator I, would be like $300, man. Oh, my gosh. I stand corrected. So, so these are just doing the uh, what, the signature series from Patriot, which is kind of a low-end um, entry-level memory. Yeah, but these are pretty with the heat sinks, and I know that G-Scale offers also some entry-level memory that's pretty close to this price. Yeah. 
They yeah. all have something around that price. So not bad, not bad. Probably the first area where I hesitate. Well, all right, eight is probably enough, but yeah. 16 is better. Yeah, speed obviously is going to increase performance, and since you don't have an overclocking chip, um, it's going to be the fastest way to get more speed. Okay. Is to add faster memory and then also increase how much you have. Obviously, that's going to be your biggest bang for your buck right there. Well, we're on the subject of storage. They've paired this with uh, one of our favorites, the local boys Crucial for hard drive, or in this case, an SSD. Yeah, they're using the MX500, which is... Surprisingly, I figured that they would go with like a BX or something like that because the MX comes with all the fancy features to do data integrity. So you have like uh, rateable chips and some data encryption. It's kind of a, a high-end business drive, whereas they could go with the lower end that doesn't have all that stuff. I like that as a stretch, but the MSI motherboard does support the M.2 also. Right. So we could do so, uh, like so an we, NVMe, right? So if we recommend an MD, NVMe, it looks like we'd be looking at, well, probably a Samsung. And we're looking here. Oh, looks like the closest is probably the oh. 860 series. No, 860 is a SATA drive. So we'd want to do like a 970 and that's close to $200 still. Oh my gosh. So Which I believe, hold on, let's go and do the new eggs. So we are looking at Samsung drives now. You know, we do love crucial products, but Samsung tends to be driving this market right now. At least for NVMe stuff. So if we do a 960, 250 gigabytes, $117. Oh, all right. $107 for the, uh, the Evo and the 2280. So it looks like that 256 is about as close as we get. All right. So, so, it's, so a, it's kind of a wash, although NVMe will get you a lot more speed the only thing there is the size of the drive. You're not going to be able to put a whole lot on 250 gigs of space. Well, I definitely, again, an area where I would have to consider a stretch, but I do still like their choice, which is kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, here, the next one, I know this is a kind of a polarizing area. Also, their power supply. Now, the computer has the power supply to depend on. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be the foundation where everything else is driven. So a bad power supply can toast your whole system. Right. And not having enough power will cause the power supply to run hot and the fan will be speedy fast. Well, in this case, they've gone with the EVGA 450 80 plus bronze PSU. And now it's only $39 today. So that is, I mean, that is a cheap power supply. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Uh, 450 watts is probably not enough. I'm guessing. Well, I, I know that some of the brands, I, I mean, Corsair jumps to mind, offer quite a bit of selection, sub $50, and there seems to always be a sale somewhere. Yeah, power supplies are always on sale. Um, Corsair has them more often than not. Yeah. But brand independent, I would say, we want to focus on size. Yeah, yeah. Now, so maybe for, maybe yeah. we should revisit because power is going to be driven by the full system requirements, and we haven't talked about the most power-hungry piece of this puzzle yet. Nope, we haven't. So let's let's step back and forgive us. We'll come back to power supplies. Mm -hmm. But for the video card, I think maybe the most interesting choice, they've gone with the GeForce GTX 1060, and this is where the bulk of the money is being spent. Nearly half of the price of the build is the GTX 1060 video card. And again, Dennis, another area where I feel like 
all right, well, we know the 1060 is kind of the minimum we recommend for gaming, but how does it work for power and how does it rate against the AMD product? What do you think? The AMD product or the... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. The... <laughs> Not an AMD product. We're, we're mixing up our systems here. Oh my gosh, we are. But yeah, if we took this against a Ryzen or a, or a Radeon card or a, or a, oh my gosh, a Voodoo card. Oh yeah, Voodoo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, but seriously, how much power does this thing take? Well, according to NVIDIA, it requires a minimum of 400 watts. Just for the video card. Just for the video card to make sure that it will run within the system. So 100 watts for the rest of the system. Yep. And uh, that puts you at five, which is 50 more than this power supply that they put into the system. I know 450 will run that, that box the way that they built it. Yeah. But it's going to be asking a lot of that power supply. And if we went the other direction, instead of going with a NVIDIA processor, they tend to be more power hungry. Yeah, if we go with an AMD, assuming you can buy one, right? Um, they will generally require at least 100 more watts. So 500, a little sketchy. I know we had been recommending 600 for, it seems like, the longest time, and only within the last year have we started talking that maybe an 800 watt or 750 would be the lowest you'd want to go. But again, we are looking at more of a full-featured system. Yeah, it's all based off of the CPU. So if you're running Coffee Lake, you know, the LGA 1150 stuff, then you can go, within a, you know, cut about 200 watts off of that. But mm -hmm. if you're going with the high-end stuff, you need to have that extra power. So we've talked a little bit about power supplies in the past, but this is a bronze power supply. Are we for a few dollars more going to be able to get up to maybe a gold and it would pay for itself in power consumption over time? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, maybe. So let's see what a 500 watt gold would look at. 500 watt gold PSU. We're going to Newegg right now. So bear with us. PSU. Enter. That, so that'll give us a little more cushion. Uh, there's a Rosewell. There's a Corsair for 75. So 25 more 59 for the Roswell. And, oh, there's our Corsair. Oh, 100 bucks. All right, so if we do a EVGA Supernova, like what they have, they have one at 550 watts. It's a gold, fully modular. They want $85 for it. Well, that's nearly twice. But the Seasonic makes a lot of the processors for other OEMs. Their focus mm -hmm. is an 80-watt gold for only 69 right now, 54 after rebate. Yeah, well, here, let's, let's do the evil and sort by the lowest price. Oh, man, there's some scary ones. Refurb power supply, that doesn't seem like a good deal. It looks like the, the lowest legit that's not refurbished is $60 for a gold, if you want gold. The bronze will give you that power efficiency, obviously, but at 450 the bronze is not going to be as efficient. So it's going to make the power supply a lot hotter because of the power delivery circuits and everything. So that's why you want a little bit more in there. Well, again, I feel like I'm recommending spending 20 more dollars, but these dollars are starting to add up. Yeah, I know. This is, and obviously this is a budget build. Um, so the final item on here, I, they don't have a heatsink. Um, the CPU, I don't sure the CPU comes with one, but. Well, the i3-8100 does come with the heatsink and fan. I stand corrected. Then. Never, never good enough, but you can always go with the Hyper 212. Those are really cheap and super common. Again, for another 25, uh, we're doing it again. Yeah, there we are. All right, well, let's... So the last item they have here is the Fractal Design Focus G. And I'm not familiar with this case. We have yet to review anything from Fractal, unfortunately. 
Well, the first thing that jumped out at me with this is it's a windowed case, which is good. Mm-hmm. And it has two fans that it comes with, although it looks like, at least in the promotional pictures, they've put them both up front, which is sort of odd. Um, I'm not going to say that it's a bad-looking case. Um, if we go out and look at the competition, what would we have to pay to get a case that is in that same range? Well, I'm seeing a lot of, like, really sketch stuff oh no so um like okay we have the deep cool tesseract sw mid tower blah 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 blah. lots of keywords 40 dollars what they have here is a 48.82 for this fractal so basically we're looking at a 50 dollars case well that gives us a little bit of room but this is a super competitive piece of the market yeah this segment right here the sub 50 dollar market in cases is where there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of different manufacturers trying to get into that. And a case can't be sold for $50 without cutting some corners. So either you lose fans, you lose metal integrity, you lose, uh, like, you can't get tempered glass, obviously. Well, I do like the fact that I'm seeing windows in a lot more of these cases than I expected at sub-50. So far, it's looking like the cooler master cases would be my choice. We've got a couple of different ones to choose from. Yeah, we got the Masterbox Lite. Uh, This one has not a a tempered glass-esque side panel. These are actually acrylic. Yeah, and there was a Q model also there for 39, the Q300L MATX, which... That would not fit the the motherboard, though. Oh, that's a shame, because that's a pretty case. Mm Mm-hmm. But okay, I mean, so there are options from other brands that we recognize. I Like I say, I always like those. Corsair's got the carbide case there, which is kind of a classic. It's just barely running in at 49 Yeah, there's a bunch of Rosal ones, which are the house brand from um, Newegg. Masterbox Light, that's a good case. Corsair Carbine. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you do have some options. I'm afraid that what I'm not seeing is a feature set that says you should get this one because... It's better. Uh, they're all pretty competitive is what I'm seeing here. Yeah, and they're all uh, ugly. Yeah. And at least in my opinion. There's a couple of them that look like they're Cougar rebrands from DIY PC. I'm not familiar with them, but they seem to be all over the place. So in this case, the fractal design, uh, you know, although we're unfamiliar with it, is a pretty good-looking case for sub-$50. And it seems yeah. to do everything we want. I, you know, I'm kind of practical. I don't know. I like Corsair stuff, but I don't know that I like their cases. So I think I'd be kind of leaning towards one of those Cooler Masters if it were my choice. Yeah, I would definitely go with the Cooler Master one. But then again, it's because I've used one and mm-hmm. um, they're really solid. They they are built well. So while they might cut corners on giving you, a, instead of an actual glass side panel, you get an acrylic sheet. It still gives you the look you're after, but the shell itself is made out of quality materials. So. Well, at least in this case, I think that, you know, Fractal, if you're out there listening, maybe we need to take a closer look at one of your cases because they certainly look very competitive at this price point. And I'm certain that you must have better cases as well that we just haven't had enough experience with to recommend. Yeah. So, so we'll have to fix that. Yeah. So the verdict here, I think, is that we have probably been stumped. Well, you know, I'm looking down the list and I'm saying, okay, we got to upgrade this for 20 bucks. We got to upgrade this for 20 bucks. And I'm afraid that I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six categories where I said, yeah, for about 20 bucks more or about 30 bucks more. And that adds up 
to over $100 on top of that, which puts us pretty close to what we've been saying for the most part of 2018, and that is that we would recommend a minimum build at around $800. And I'm yeah. afraid that this, uh, yeah, I don't think I can beat it. No, not for the price. However, in the article, they do mention that the uh, system that they've put together would be for basic gaming. It's not going to give you much for streaming games. It's not going to give you much for a lot of like multiplayer games and stuff like that. But that isn't necessarily the point, I guess. They were looking at what you could put together for the least amount of money. That's not necessarily what we would recommend. You know, we would say, hey, spend a couple hundred more, get a better processor, a little bit more memory, a different hard drive. Definitely get the power supply that matches the system that you're after. And then whatever you have left, that's the case that you buy. Well, I think for me, it's a bit of an eye-opener that you can still build a case for under $600 where I'm not sure that I would have believed it and at least be able to game. Now, I see that, you know, they talk about jumping up to an i5, which to me sounds super easy. I think really the only thing here that I would definitely agree with is their choice to go with the video card would be probably the only thing that I am confident I would recommend. A 1060 is a fantastic entry-level gaming card, and the jump to a 1070 is significant, both in cost and power need. So uh, really, you know, I got to hand it to them. They've done a terrific job of putting together a build that I I don't think we can do better, and I'm stumped, Dennis, because this is not something that I expected we'd be saying. Well, fantastic build from PC Gamer and one change that we just can't touch, at least for that price point. But you might have other ideas on ways we could build or improve this PC or maybe a change out that we just didn't catch because there are so many parts out there to choose from. Hey, drop us a line or check us out on Facebook and let us know what your budget build looks like and what you do different. Dennis, I know that sometimes on the extra, we like to talk about games that we're playing and games that we're looking forward to, but I have to admit, I want to talk a little bit about a game that's a little bit, I don't know, outside the box for me, and in a, in a good way. Is it a first-person shooter? <laughs> no. So I was out on Steam during the summer sale, and I happened to notice a new uh, simulator, I guess, like, uh, you know, your business simulators or whatever, called PC Building Simulator. Oh, that sounds dangerous. That's right, Dennis. We have a game that will allow you to build a virtual custom PC. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Although, I have heard about this game. (laughs) Okay. Um, Jacob, my contact over at EVGA, posts on Twitter all the time about some of the upgrades that they do for the game because they have a huge list of vendors that submit models, and these are uh, legit vent you know it's kind of like getting what is it like a custom garrett turbo in your no yeah knee for speed game is say hey i'm gonna have a garrett turbo over this generic turbo whatever well sure the car games have been doing it for years yeah so now we have a list of partners uh amd antec arctic cooler master corsair um cyborg cryo rig cryo rig yeah pga fractal gigabyte inwin and zxt msi patriot yeah. Uh, Regentech, Silverstone. Ooh, we like Silverstone. Team Group, uh, UL ratings. Nice. Yeah. Well, no, that UL is now um, the Firestrike guys. 
Oh, really? You can run benchmarks in the game. Oh, my gosh. The game will allow you to run Fire Strike? Yeah. How crazy is or that? Time Spy or something and like that. And it looks like they're adding new stuff all the time. And I think that you had mentioned uh, when we were just pulling this up that you saw that it now includes support for overclocking. Yeah. It, well, there's a little thing over in the corner that says it supports overclocking. So the one thing that, and I have to preface this saying that I know what I know about the game by reading what Jacob wrote on Twitter. Okay. And what did he say? He said that uh, he was able to break some of his builds because he didn't put thermal paste on. How funny is that? So they are getting down to the nitty gritty about what needs to be plugged in, what needs to applied in the order that needs to be applied. I mean, that sounds like a whole lot of really cool detail. Well, the early reviews are very positive, which kind of surprises me. But I guess you're either the market for this or you're not, most likely. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I didn't think that it sounded very interesting to me until I got down to the part where not only can you build your simulations and test your different parts together, but it also includes a PC building company simulator where you have to build and repair custom PCs. And so you've got kind of this whole second more like the simulators that we're used to. Yeah, that sounds like, well, it gives you a little bit of end game, right? Because you have your custom build that you can send out the door and it goes to a customer and then the customer goes and gets a virus or something like that. So you go and fix it or something. I guess that's how it would work. Or maybe the power supply dies and they have to reroute all the wires. Or I don't know. that, And I don't know if they have costs involved with all this stuff. Cause in they, the, they do. The jobs have budgets. Yeah. And, and that's kind of interesting to me. And of course, free build is where you just go crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to admit that for me, uh, part of the problem I have with this is it's never going to have all the different pieces, parts that no. I want in it. It's just not. But, uh, I mean, it's kind of a clever business model because I'm guessing that they get the marketing departments to provide them with the 3D modeling. So all they have to do is plug them in, right? That's the idea, yeah. Very cool. That or get them approved or something like that. And, and I have to wonder how realistic the benchmarking is. I mean, could we use this as an overclocking build simulator and get reasonably close to the same score you'd get with physical hardware? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I would say yes, because for one, um, the FutureMark people are UL now. They had a big database of this hardware combination got this score. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they know. And they know if it was overclocked. So all of that stuff is already available. And if they go out and, and search the orb, for instance, to get the results, then they, they kind of have that information already. Well, they have so many different simulators out here. The other thing that kept me from just going, hey, let's try this and pulling the trigger is it's an early access, which mm-hmm. is always a little bit hit or miss, and it's $20. 20 bucks. Um, seems a lot, but, you know, if they released it to early access, there's a reason for it. Um, one, there might be a few bugs in it, but generally they're looking for money so that they can expand it and build another version. Oh yeah. And I think trying to prove there's a market so that you can get more manufacturers to sign on seems to make sense as well. Yeah. I'm looking at the system requirements. Can you build a system to build a system to build a system to wait a minute? <laughs> wow. That, that's a crazy little loop right there, but no, I'm looking here. Um, what's the, what's the lowest processor you can use here? I five 2,500 K or an Athlon X four. Ooh, that's, that's not a hot hopping machine. No, it's not. And, and the video card, GTX 660. Wow. So you know what that means. If you have an ancient PC and you're thinking about upgrading, 
you can pay 20 bucks to play with upgrades. Yeah. How crazy would that be? You go and instead of going to PC part picker to go and pick out your parts and then <laughs> post them on Reddit so people can criticize you, you go and load it into the game, build the system, and then you play the system on your system in the system. And then, oh, oh, I uh -oh. got it. I got it. And it maybe could be Get, used as a parts picker. It, no, no. It, no? Create, it creates the shopping list. And sends it to your Amazon account. Oh, no. And then ships you the, the build. Newegg Amazon integration, something like that. Yeah, and then the PC part, well, not the PC part picker, but huh? the, um, the uh, was it? The PC, PC building, building simulator. simulator developers, they have their own Amazon affiliate links so that when people buy the builds that they're building in their system, allowing them to build the system, and I'm, I'm trying to do a loop like you here. Yeah, um, yeah. They're getting affiliate money off of that, too. All right, now maybe I'm a little more interested. I don't know that I'm a I'm a customer at twenty dollars, but uh, it just depends on how many different partners they have there. Because if I could put my PC in, and they're not there yet, just looking at the list that they have, and I could just tweak one little piece or two little pieces, um, that might work. Of course, assuming that they continue to simulate it, yeah, they said and they... add more partners as time progresses. They were saying that MSI was on its way, so I don't know. Maybe it's in there. And I don't know how often it gets updated. Let's see, what was it? July, what, 5th? Uh, and they released that, June 29th. It looks like they're looking for people to talk to them about how to do Steam achievements. Oh, hey, that would be cool. Well, yeah. They added Patriot just recently. So, yeah, they keep adding partnerships, which is good. Um, and if anything, it's just free advertising. So it's like, hey, I saw you in PC Building Simulator, and now I'm going to buy your video card because I'm behind you interesting well you know start throwing in water cooling maybe would be a good next step get some premium pcs in there which makes me wonder how extreme a system can it handle yeah you know quad video cards uh, i know i didn't see any super clocking in there but doesn't mean that it isn't possible maybe they will have a area in there where they can look up hardware reviews so we need to get some of the hardware asylum reviews into the PC building simulator so that they know which one to pick. I think that would be cool. Hey, if you're out there, PC building simulator folks, send us a copy. We would love to check it out. We'd love to be involved because the more I think about it, the more I think this could be kind of a fun time suck, an opportunity to build some crazy PCs with products that we don't normally get to touch. So, hey, good job, guys. For more information on the topics discussed in this podcast, please consult our show notes on hardwareasylum.com. Stay up to date on the latest at Hardware Asylum by subscribing to our RSS. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook. This has been an Angel Lane production, copyright 2018. Thanks for listening.